Hello and welcome to another episode of the Around the 412 Fantasy Football Show. As always, brought to you by Chief Barbershop, located in East Rochester, PA. I am Smitty. With me, as always, are Drew and Joe. What is going on, fellas? One week till the playoffs. Let's get these dubs. Let's get in there and then let's dance. I'm only going to the playoffs in two of my four leagues. Uh, so, not three out of seven for me. I'm over. I'm over fifty percent, but we're gonna see how high I can take those those numbers. So, in how many leagues? Eleven. So I'm in like I've got like six, like five or six. I'm feeling good about a couple that I'm on the fence. Couple. How often are how often do you have a player on your roster that you're also playing against? Because I feel like that Uh-oh. would be the most always. You're not even paying All attention the time. to that. All the time. You don't care. Always. No. Yeah. Like the way that you like worry about like caring, it's like money is number one. People that will trash talk you, like the people on the show, or two, and then after that, like it doesn't. It's just kind of for vibes. Um, but yeah, you don't really sweat it because um, it's like helping you some places, hurting you in others. Um, but yeah, I don't know. You you got to just trust the team, let people ball out and do it their their jobs, and then you figure it out. Yeah, I feel like I've reached a point now uh, in in like all of my leagues where people are just so much better. Like I used to be able to like take advantage of the people yeah. that I was playing with and weren't good. Like people have gotten so much better across the board. It seems like at fantasy, they're football. watching the show. There's yeah, maybe that's my it. leagues that used to suck so bad and i swear they're like texting jay glazer to set up their lineup like from the league <laughs> well i look at somebody like i mean it's, it's kind of like a backhanded compliment but i look at somebody like sarge who was like when he first got into it, it was like atrocious and then last year he went to the championship and lost gonna be back in the playoffs this year so like he's obviously gotten better but yeah I, it's, it's been a rough year for me injuries i will say i feel like points. people that know what they're doing in fantasy suck this year like, a lot of the things that we thought were yeah. sure things going into the season, like, struggled, and people that were just kind of like, eh, yeah. I yeah. like him. He's hot. Like, they're just, like, crushing. Yeah, that's All why. Right, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely roll with that, too. That's why I'm doing bad. We had a I'm lot of good calls, I think, that either we were right about them being bad, mm-hmm. and then, like, Kyle. Yeah, I mean, anybody know. that went, like, I mean, you look at how many running backs haven't panned out that went early. Like, anybody that spent, you know, the first overall pick on Jonathan Taylor got a little bit burnt there. Like who has really returned value in that? All program? of the receivers, really. Yeah. Travis Kelsey. The only the only teams I have going to the playoffs, I have Travis Kelsey on. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mentioned injuries are always going to be things that can derail, especially in a redraft league. Um, but let's take a look at that first, as always, till we get some comments going up in here. Uh, Drew, you started off with Tua on here with an ankle injury. Yeah. So he has an ankle injury. Um, He's dated. I don't think he practiced today, but uh, they said that it's not serious. And he's essentially just missed the last drive of their game and they were getting blown out by San Fran. So he's probably fine. I wouldn't be too worried about it. Okay. Oh, Chad's in here already. Chad, what's going on? What's uh, hey, Chad? guys, on a scale of dumb to dumb, <laughs> how bad is this plan? Trading Ken Walker and Jameson Williams for Jonathan Taylor, winning a championship, and then trading Jonathan Taylor for ETN and Bajan Robinson pre-draft. Like you're already look. I like that you're already looking at the flip yeah. after you, and already saying that you're winning the championship after that move. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack here. There's as a lot always, of statements Chad. being made here. Um, I like the boldness of this. Um, I will agree with you. Um, Indy has like some decent playoff matchups. So week 15 against um, 
Dallas. Dallas has actually been really weak against the run as of late. Second best matchup in the last three weeks. Middling matchup against Pittsburgh, 19th rated run defense for fantasy football and full PPR. And then bringing home against Philly, um, surprisingly also a good matchup for running backs right now. Um, I think that this is a pretty steep trade. I also don't think that you're going to get the value back that you're expecting um, in a dynasty league. I think Bijan Robinson is a fantastic talent. I think he's going to go obviously consensus 1-1, and I think he immediately becomes a top five running back. Um, Jonathan Taylor going into the year was RB1 from a dynasty format. I don't know if he is currently. Um, I haven't checked the rankings in a little bit, but if you're lucky, you can get Bijan one for one for Jonathan Taylor. Maybe if you know a Colts fan or somebody that feels optimistic about that team, but if it's me, I'm probably holding on to Bijan. There's no way you're getting ETN who's on a bounce back year, whose stock is climbing, and the 101. Um, for JT right now I just don't see it um, so if you can guarantee all those things to happen yeah sure go for it um, if not um, I don't see it like I wouldn't trade Ken Walker and Jameson Williams for ETN and Bijan so to turn around and say I can get that value in a second deal it just doesn't seem realistic to me I like Jameson Williams a lot moving forward too to be honest with you. second year removed after his ACL injury we see what that what happens when you have a, another year to get healthy look at Saquon this year um, I expect something similar out of J.K. Dobbins next year. As someone that will probably fall in drafts and redraft because of his ACL. I don't know if I would give up that much for Taylor. Especially if Kenneth Walker's injury isn't as bad as um, what they're saying. It's not that bad, which he was on the list. He has a foot injury. So Jonathan Taylor is still RB1, um, but him and Ken Walker are pretty much identical on keep trade cut, which isn't necessarily the best metric to use as far as like things are, but you can see how people are reacting. Generally, people overreact on keep trade cut pretty quickly, um, but ETN's RB5. There's no way you're getting RB2 and 5. Um, like, I, I just don't see like how that's going to happen. Um, the early first... Um, value is pretty much right in line with Jonathan Taylor, Ken Walker. So essentially, if you can lock up 2023-101, that's already going to be like in their top three, top four running back, um, depending on what you think about Saquon and then Brees Hall, who is dealing with ACL injury. Um, so I think if you have a chance to win the championship, maybe it's worth doing it and making that trade and I think you're taking a loss of a value by getting rid of Ken Walker and Jamison Williams. Um, but I don't, I wouldn't go in with the expectation that you're going to get the value back that you think you're going to get. Um, so it's, if that, if you think that gives you the shot to win, go for it, but you're not going to get that back. I think that his team is already set at running back. Eckler and Ramondre are solid. I don't know what their matchups are in the playoffs. Hmm, let's see. Um, so, Chargers have great matchups. So uh, they have the Raiders, Cardinals, Chiefs, or no. Um, yeah, so um, Chiefs have actually been toughest matchup on paper for running backs last three weeks. Arizona, um, turnstiles, and the Chargers, who throughout most of the season were pretty easy to run against, have kind of shut things down a little bit more. Um, but Eckler is such a threat pass catching. Um, Vegas is the worst team to – uh, defend against receivers. So to me, it's like, do I worry about the running back ranking as much? Not really. 
Um, his volume there is just so consistent. Ramondre, I think the biggest question mark becomes like what happens if Damian Harris returns. We've seen like how they utilize him as the bell cow role um, when Harris isn't healthy. Um, how long is he going to be out for? Um, but New England has one of the best overall schedules for um, running backs to finish things out. So Buffalo, Minnesota, New York Jets, 8th, 11th, ninth matchups um, for those three. Yeah. And we see here, obviously, the, the team that he has. He said also Herbert got Lawrence and Hall uh, last year from the same person, so he's fairly confident. Again, like if you can guarantee that that's going to happen, sure. But under the assumption this person knows what they're doing. Brees Hall just – Brees Hall outed like Bijan is. Like he's like generational. Yeah, and I think if this is super flex, then like Herbert going into the season was like if you're doing a startup, like Dynasty startup, he was like – the second or third quarterback being taken. So with Lawrence having such a tough rookie season, I don't, I don't see why that person wouldn't have been against getting Herbert for that. I think that you might've actually lost that trade. If Hall doesn't pan out as well as he did, if Lawrence doesn't like, I think that actually was very fair. Um, so we'll see, but best of luck to you in the playoffs, kid. Hope you uh, kick some ass. Lawrence, uh, good transition there. We'll go to that one. Cause I know he's not next on the list, but that's a good way to transition. Lawrence also dealing with an injury. It looked a lot worse than what it sounds like Jacksonville thinks it is. Because um, it looked it looked pretty gruesome. But go ahead, Drew. Yeah, when I did my notes, I wrote ankle, foot, knee, everything. Because I didn't know what it was. Like, he just got blown up. But it sounds like it's his ankle or midfoot. Um, they said that he should be good, but he's day-to-day. should probably monitor that throughout the week if he has any setbacks with any swelling or anything. But it sounds like he'll probably go. Okay, very good. That uh, will play into my only fantasy subscription later on in the show. So maybe we can talk about it a little bit more then. Um, Chad also came in, and this will be a good way to talk about the uh, Lamar injury because he's sitting in to get you guys back on topic. Which injury benefactor would you rather have any super flex to replace Lamar? Huntley, Baker, or Purdy? Not Baker. Hunt, uh, Huntley, because he, he shown us something last year. True. He was my. He won me a ton of money in DFS last year. I'm gonna go back to the well, not this week though, because plays Pittsburgh. But you know, yeah, I would probably go Huntley as well. Um, Pittsburgh does weirdly good against the Ravens' offense mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Um, but super flex, you can kind of float that. I'm not really sure how I feel about Purdy yet. Um, love the story. Hope all the best for the kid, but. Um, Baker's a no option for me. Like, it's just not a scenario that offense, even if you like, if they had all the weapons and Cooper Cup was there, you're like, all right, like maybe it makes sense. But like, who do they have left? Like, it's just not exciting to me. Like, somehow Carolina has a better offense than them right now. I mean, is he already turning around and starting? They mailed him the playbook. I don't know if he's going to play this week. I would expect him not to. I would think that Wolford's going to play. He's been limited in practice. Um, they're but talking I like they're him. trying to get him to play. Yeah, I think they're going to try, but I don't know if it's actually going to happen. I can see Wolford like starting, and then Baker just comes in. Yeah, possible. But, yeah, I think three for three were with Huntley there. So, um, But go ahead with uh, talk about the Lamar injury then because that's obviously where the question stems from. Yeah, he, he strained his PCL, right? It was yeah. that's they reported today. So strain PCL. Um, he's week to week. I don't see him coming back. Obviously this week. I don't think he'll play next week either. And if he does, he wasn't very good this year in fantasy. So as it is, a lot of the damage he did was on the ground. 
without those two big, big weeks he had, weeks two and three, he only averaged about 16 points per game in fantasy. I did the math right before this because we were talking about it. Um, he's not a guy that I expect to have in my lineup at all the rest of the year. I actually dropped him in a redraft league that's heading into the playoffs. Hmm. Okay. Joe, anything to add on Lamar? I can't believe you dropped him. He's. Not, I don't think he's going to play. But like, and even I if he does, like if someone wants to play him against me, I'm not worried. To be honest, with you, I'm not. I, I just I'm feel like that opportunity and see if it helps me. I, I don't feel good about it. Yeah, I just feel like I couldn't. I couldn't do it. Like I'm rolling with Fields the rest of the way. This week he's on by, and I don't need to win. I'm just in. But I'm gonna roll with Mike White for one week. I like it. You're back on the Mike White train. I appreciate the hustle. I started <laughs> against you in Dynasty last week just because of our discussions. Yeah. Panned out. He had a good game. He was top yeah. 10. Um, oh, also, I guess this kind of goes back to that question from Chad because Jimmy G being hurt is the only reason that Brock Purdy's getting a shot. Jimmy G done for, obviously, the regular season, probably the playoffs, but there's a bit of a long shot that he could come back if they make a deep run. But anyway, Jimmy G here. This bad injury. Yeah, midfoot. Um, they did confirm it's not a Liz Frank, so you don't have to worry about it for next year. But uh, I think they're going to ride CMC heavy now. I, we were worried about his workload, but they're getting into crunch time and they want to win in the playoffs. I think CMC is going to, I could see him getting 20 plus carries a, a game now. My question is now with it being Purdy and like how many, I, I, he actually did look pretty good in, in the yeah. game that he had coming in play. And now, obviously, he knows he's the starter, and they're going to prepare him like that. I, I wonder if we could see more low A dot targets and just getting the ball in the hands of Debo Samuel, kind of the way that he was utilized last year. Mm-hmm. Um, because whatever they're doing this year with him, it really his utilization hasn't been working out. Uh, we, we've talked about it several times, just one week in the top 20. But to me, that's something to watch is, is how do they, do they try to get the ball into Debo Samuel's hands with these, with these low A dot targets? I think he's or even had- like handing the ball. I think his issue is injury related because he's been yeah. on the report. Um, trying to get more info on it. We haven't discussed it too much because he's been playing. So, right, but he's on there like every week. <laughs> like he's limited on Wednesday every single week. I have him on a team. I actually, I mean, that's obviously. Uh, I think that's my best team that I have him on, though. So he really hasn't been playing a ton. He almost didn't play last week. Yeah, it's a quadriceps injury now. Yeah, hamstring that turned into a quad. Yeah. And he he brought up Jordan Mason. I didn't watch too much of this game. We talked about Jordan Mason last week. Yeah. Did he how many snaps did he get? Let's We talked about Jordan Mason last week. I made a clip of it and didn't upload it to YouTube. So nice job by me. Love that. It might have gotten some traction with the way he ended up looking. Even if they give him more run, I I still don't think it's enough for me to feel comfortable starting him. I mean, he did nothing in the passing game, only ran a route four times, 19% snap count. They'd have to rise significantly for me to even consider. 
I mean, you never know, though. He's worth a stash. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's only played 37 snaps on offense total this year, 15 last week. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, something to continue to monitor, but it'll be interesting to see how that offense operates with Brock Purdy. Again, looked pretty decent in his first uh, test, but now teams are going to be preparing for him as the starter. So, um, Moving on now to Ken Walker the third. You didn't put Walker the third in here, so I was a little bit disappointed. But I put Kenneth. Um, we already discussed his foot injury. The way he they described it was really weird. They said that he like jammed his foot, which sounds really painful. Um, I know a lot of people went heavy on DJ Dallas to replace him just in case he doesn't play, but he's also hurt. They are down bad. You know, like people always talk about San Francisco being like the place for like that plagues running backs. Like maybe it's the whole NFC West. Because yeah. Seattle is always down bad. Like look what happens yeah. to uh, what's his face? The, um, Chris Carson. Yeah, Chris Carson, like random degenerative neck injury, like crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chad just brought up Travis Homer, who's a really good pass catching back. He's hurt um, too, I think, the- right? I mean, he plays for Seattle, so yeah. Homer has, has been hurt and not practicing. DJ Dallas played last week and kind of took over like the lead role after everybody went down. Left, but no one left. really knows what's going to happen, like who's going to take over this week. DJ Gino Dallas Smith. left the game early, too. And I think they brought in Tony Jones from the Saints. I did Drew see Locke, that. Running back. Give him the touches. Might as well. I... Yeah, so you th- are we under the assumption he doesn't play then, or how do we think that the Walker I mean, thing plays out? Walker's day-to-day, they're making it sound like he has a good chance to play. So I'm working under yeah. the assumption that he's playing. If he doesn't, I'm probably staying away from that entire backfield because we just have no idea. I wouldn't start any of them. Yeah. Too much um, a couple receivers. Cortland Sutton. Actually, you didn't list his injury on here. It just says Sutton. So. Yeah, because – it was unknown until a little while ago. Oh, he has okay. a hamstring injury, um, and he's expected not to play based on the last uh, reports from Hackett. Listen, if I was catching passes from Russ this year, I wouldn't be playing either. So, <laughs> any type of injury, just take me out. I don't. I'm hurt out there. Yeah. If he doesn't play, though, Dulcich is hangnail. Interesting. Dulcich has a Dulcich. terrible matchup this week. He does. That's the only yeah. thing. He does, yeah. but I'm still playing him in two leagues. Big booty Judy season? The the one week that he like really did absolutely nothing was the week that I had him as my only fantasy pick. Yeah. But look at you Judy, now. On the, on the flip side of that, Judy does have a good matchup, right? I think fourth most points. I don't know what it's like over the last three. Uh, Let me see here. But fourth um, most points overall to receivers. While he's looking that up, I don't want to start any Broncos receiver because I really want Russ to not have more touchdowns than toilets he has in his house. Like I'm, eighth. I'm very <laughs> yeah, it falls in at eight. Eighth, okay. Yeah. Um, And then Traylon Burks, who had been starting to come on for the Titans. Yeah, he uh, – Scored a touchdown, but he got absolutely smoked on that play, unfortunately, and he's out with a concussion. I don't, I don't see him playing. Like, I, I couldn't believe he held on to the ball. To be honest with you, he got. Yeah. Never talked about that. Like, how how did he hang? Like, yeah. go out and hang on to the ball. I have no idea. Like, it, 
it was kind of like one of those two things where the fingers kind of went and it just wrapped around the ball. I, Muscle memory, man. That yeah. dude's had a lot of time catching passes. Like that shit's in his blood. It was bad. Yeah. So hopefully he's okay. I highly doubt he plays this week. It sounds like they want him to, but it, like, the way that we've seen the protocol work this week or this year, I just don't think it's it doesn't make happen. sense. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. So, but who are Chats they going to throw to? Do we want to bring him up now? Chig Okonkwo. Yeah, I mean you got Okonkwo, but like Robert Woods has done nothing. Westbrook Akeen is like very hit or miss. Like, but the matchup there is like super sweet. Like top six Okonkwo. matchup. Jacksonville's done like really poorly against like the aerial attack. So it's going to Okonkwo. He's like it's funny because I don't know if anybody like if you two or anybody watching or listening is into like Madden YouTubers, but he's like really big. Like he's a, I don't know if it's a meme or like, he's just really good in Madden like over the years to get like franchise, but like his mm. development is crazy and people love him on Madden. Is it like a mutt thing where like they get like a special like power up card and like, he's just like OP. Are you talking about Alconqua? You <laughs> keep saying his name. Yes. Well, Chigosium. <laughs> Oh yeah, I wanted to be clear here. Like the dude can move for a tight end. Like I, yeah. I told Joe before the show, I saw him take a like a slant pass against the Chiefs, like in Week Five or whenever the heck they played, and he took that thing forty yards. And I was like, this dude can should not be running the way he is. And I immediately added him that week in every dynasty league that I have. Yeah, like they started getting him touches originally, just like screens, like just getting yeah. the ball in his hands, like. Who does that for a tight end? It makes other than the sense. Steelers with Zach Gentry, like once a week, but and he just goes six yards. And <laughs> it reminds me of how everybody you would use. I think it was Madden twenty or nineteen, but they would use like Dre Archer like as their primary running back because he was so fast in the game that it was just like overpowered. Even though like real life, it did not work at like yeah because he got tackled by a gnat. Yeah, but tight end ten on the Fritter Ticker, by the way, this week. One of our, I would say that's one of our bolder tickers, like maybe ever. I have more for him, but we'll wait till later on. Oh boy! Well, that's it for injuries. So yeah. All right, cool. Um, so next thing we're talking about is some playoff matchups. Um, if you've been with us throughout the season and been getting getting down for the ride, um, one of the things that we do every week is we provide like a last three weeks update of like who's been performing well from a defensive points allowed perspective and who's not. Um, so we figured going into the last week of the regular season, if you've already secured a uh, spot into the playoffs, you're ready for the dance. Um, why not get into some using that data to figure out, all right, like a lot of what I've seen online is like, here are the matchups from like the course of the year and year long data. Um, but why not look at playoff matchups using the same thing that we have? I'll also update this next week so we get 16, 17, and 18. If you're in one of these godforsaken leagues that play in the last week of the year, we'll hook you up too. Um, but I'm going to share the screen real quick just so we can talk about um, what's on uh, what's online. We posted on Twitter. Um, similar format to what you've seen before. Um, and we've also um, – posted this on reddit too so um if you see it on there um it wasn't stolen or anything like that but this is an alphabetical order um so this is just looking at the different teams that we have it's a little bit easier to use in excel because you're able to kind of freeze frame the columns and you can kind of scroll through and see what you want um but for each position we're able to see what the remaining schedule is for those next couple weeks of games and then this is saying all right dallas is playing jacksonville next week that's the best matchup on paper for quarterbacks um so you want to see low numbers 
numbers here and keeping the same color scheme that we had previously. Um, you'll see that the good matchups are in blue, the average matchups are in white, and then the bad matchups are in red. Um, so RIP to our boy Trevor Lawrence. Um, he's got really tough matchups to close out the season. Surprisingly, Houston has been the best or the worst matchup on paper in the last three weeks for quarterbacks. I think a lot of that has to do with who they've played at the QB position more than the talent they have on that team. Um, but it's just something to consider. Um, if you really want to get crazy, Davis Mills thrown back into the lineup this week um, against the Cowboys has a really juicy matchup. You can see the blue going all the way across from him. Um, somebody that I'm really excited about at the running back position, Dalvin Cook. Um, he has a monstrous um, next couple of weeks with Indianapolis, New York, um, and Green Bay at the running back position. Um, and the same thing for Ramondre Stevenson that Drew was talking about earlier. Um, so if he's going to be the bell cow back, he could have a lot of good weeks. Um, from a receiving front, um, luckily there's not really any good receivers left in Baltimore, but they have a pretty horrendous matchup. Um, but the way that you can use this to say, like, all right, at this point in the year, if you don't have somebody that you're going to play or if they are an immediate like replacement that you feel comfortable using, drop them, get rid of them. Know what your lineups are going to be two or three weeks in advance so that way the people that you're keeping on your bench are going to be available for when you need to use them. If your team gets hurt and falls apart in the playoffs, you're more than likely going to lose your matchup anyway. Um, so you can't live in your fears. Having points on your bench probably isn't going to do anything for you. Um, but let's say you have somebody um, – like, uh, let's see, who has a bad matchup? Like, for whatever reason, if Jared Goff is your quarterback, you're looking into the playoffs. Really tough matchup against the Jets. Um, so where can I look to find a replacement for that week, knowing that I'm going to feel a little bit better um, in the next couple of weeks? Um, so that's kind of how you can use this information. We have it for quarterbacks all the way through um, to kickers. Um, I don't think that the kicker information or the defensive information adds as much value, um, but they play football too, so I didn't want to leave them out. Um, one last thing to note about this is that this is all done using a PPR format. Um, there may be some slight variances. Um, so I know off the top of my head, um, if we're thinking about um, the matchups for receivers, um, the, uh, the Rams and the Cardinals, I think, flip whenever it gets. Um, actually, that's for tight ends. Excuse me. Um, so looking at Tennessee, who is the number one matchup for wide receivers um, in Detroit, I think they flip based on like catches. But it's not like they're one of these teams is going to drop off to like 32nd place. So it didn't feel worth it to do like a standard chart versus a half PPR chart. Like these ranks are pretty consistent throughout. Um, but yeah, boys, any thoughts, um, any matchups that you're seeing as we go across the screen that got you excited? Um, things that you want to point out before we keep rolling with the show? I don't really like the colors that you picked. To be honest with you, I think that they should be flipped the other way. Yeah, it's funny. This turned into a debate on uh, on Reddit um, because this is the traditional way that we present the graphs, um, which is more of a defensive chart. Um, so I always use the blue as, all right, these are cold defenses, which means that the offenses would be hot. So I had initially had this with the low numbers is the red, the blue numbers is um, the high numbers, but people complained about it. So we switched it because the people are always right or I don't really enjoy downvotes, so I made the change. Um, but, yeah, so it's something to use. I wouldn't necessarily say, like, all right, I'm going to immediately go out and bench, um, I don't know, David Montgomery because he's playing Philadelphia in Week 15. But I do think, especially in the playoffs, you need to think about roster construction and who's going to give you, like, 
a good balance of like, I know I'm in a tougher matchup here. So maybe I need to make, take another chance there. Or if I can line it up in a perfect world, um, have good matchups across all of my players and all my positions, but it generally doesn't work out that way. Don't overthink you, you, player studs. I remember you one thing. You can go first. Nico Collins is going to end this season on a heater. I like it. He's got the Spoilers. good matchups. Spoilers. I do think next week our only fantasy should be um, like playoff MVP. Mm, okay. I think it'd be fun. So like one player that's just going to go be a league winner. Yes. All right. Zach might have already said his, but. <laughs> I was just saying, wait a minute. I just... <laughs> no, I, I'll talk about somebody else. But I do. I, I love Nico Tollins. Yeah, Especially I mean, it would be... literally always going to be trailing. Like, looking solely off of this, it's probably Dalvin Cook for me. I think he's going to be a league winner. But like, you drafted him what first round? Like, to me, that's not really yeah. like league winner material. Like, picking up Nico Collins off the like the streets and then be like, all right, like you're the captain now. Like, that's pretty baller. I feel like I should be on full screen so I actually like look at this because I didn't really look and the numbers are all too small and I didn't go by colors. It's okay. okay. I'll pick Matthew Wright. Kicker of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Because <laughs> he's just going to kick field goals like crazy. Maybe. Anything's possible. But cool. Wait, yeah, wait, so... wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Nico Collins is hurt. Is he? I mean, that's what Chad's telling me. Uh, he's dealing oh. with a foot injury. I think he he's practice. okay. That's tough. I hope so. All right, cool. Let's get our brand back. Okay, so yeah, so that was our playoff matchup stuff. Um, if y'all enjoyed that or are looking for information on that, I'll post um, the the Google Drive um, file for that on Twitter. Um, the original file um, was already posted yesterday on Twitter. I'm probably going to delete that post because of all the changes that we've made to it. Um, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll get you right and help you get those playoff matchups. Good to go. Um, Moving on, fan favorite topic. Um, this is our fantasy football tender. Every week we look at three different profiles that we um, are pretty excited about. Zach, you uh, want to air some grievances? No, I'm just I'm I'm upset about the Nico Collins thing. I also have him in the dynasty league, so I'm looking into that more. What's funny is right before we started, we were like going through to see if there was any other injuries that we didn't have added to the list, and uh, he was limited today. So the his like profile on like the apps are not up to date. It says that he was post he was DNP last week, but he he was he practiced limited today. Chad said that he was supposed to be limited, but then was DNP'd instead. So something to keep an eye on for sure. They just didn't update their website then. On Yahoo, it updated at four sixteen and said it was he was a non participant. I don't like it. I do not. I, do, I don't like, like it either. It. I don't like but, it one bit. But things that we do like swiping on Tinder. <laughs> yes. So what you'll see on the left hand side of the screen is our nice little Tinder board here. Uh, wow. Zach was so kind to give us access to his phone for this uh, for a particular segment. So, I'm more of a hinge guy, but oh wow, coffee meets bagel <laughs> represent. But um, if we're feeling the profile, we like what they're they're putting out for us. We're gonna swipe right, which you'll see with the green heart. And if we're not really feeling the profile as much, we're a little bit more picky, which really isn't our thing. Um, we'll say no, and we'll swipe left, which you'll see with the red X. So our uh, our first 
contestant here on fantasy football tinder for the day uh, let me just pull up my little stats here so we had a resurgence of such from this profile give you a little bit of a um, preview of how they did in the previous week so finished as rb6 14 attempts 62 care or 62 yards had a touchdown on the ground four receptions on six targets for another 49 yards it's the one the only DeAndre Swift, do you think that there's been a swift return to form just in time for the fantasy football playoffs for what many would consider a bust of a third-round pick? He's back. Elaborate. Well, he, I can't. Oh, he can't. Drew yeah. is very excited, <laughs> very excited about DeAndre Swift um, for reasons that he may or may not explain later. He may have paid explicitly. Um, for this man. So I guess we'll turn it over to you, Zach. That was a quick yes from Drew. This is the DeAndre Swift show. I mean, how many times do we talk about him, both good and bad? He's been a roller coaster on this show. Um, I can't tell you how many clips that I've uploaded to YouTube, both positively and negatively. I really liked Swift coming into the year, and then it was like with the touchdowns that Jamal Williams was scoring, with the things that were coming out of there, with Dan Campbell's utilization of the running backs, Deuce Staley seemingly always getting on Swift. Um, I, I was worried. But I, I do like what I saw last week. Um, even if you're going to be upset about, about uh, Jamal Williams vulturing touchdowns, um, what does he have, like 14 on the season now? It's like, like a that. stupid amount, yeah. Yeah, I, I still think that DeAndre Swift is going to be, obviously, not necessarily overall return the value, um, but he can be somebody that is very playable down the stretch here. Yeah, so he had a big playing time increase this past week. A lot of that came on early down work. Um, so it's weird. They kind of have this like three back committee right now in Detroit, right? So um, Swift was like really yeah, trying to yeah. figure out what his role would be. So you had Jamal Williams, who's very much like their short yardage goal linebacker, which is like very convenient from a fantasy perspective. He doesn't need to get a lot of yards to have a productive day because they really like to run the ball um, when they get in those goal line opportunities. Um, Swift did see an uptick this past week in goal line opportunities, but a lot of that was during like two minute drills um, and hurry up offense. So I don't think that's something that we'll see week to week but i do have confidence in the fact that in each quarter in the early downs um he was getting a lot of the work and even when they had that larger lead in the fourth quarter he continued to still be that early down back um so i don't think that jamal williams goes away i don't think that you need to fade jamal williams i think his role is very much solidified but um he did see a big decrease in snaps. So if we look at the snap counts from last week, um, DeAndre Swift, 39 uh, snaps, Jamal Williams at 23, which is much smaller than he usually did. But um, I think that you saw a diminishment in what Justin Jackson's going to do. Um, so I think that Swift for me, probably RB2 um, going forward. Um, I'm not sure what their matchups look like um, for the rest of the year, but um I closed the window, so I'm not going to go and figure it out. But, yeah, I, uh, I, I'll i swipe right on him as well. So, good deal. Okay. Our next profile, we mentioned that Jimmy Garoppolo, um, very hot, hot man, um, out for the season with an ankle injury. Um, there was a lot of speculation that uh, one Baker Mayfield might end up in San Francisco, but honestly, I don't think that they had the money to do it with uh, – with the McCaffrey trade. Um, so enter in uh, BBC Brock Kirby uh, Purdy. Um, so for me, it's not really a question of what can Purdy do? Is he a fantasy viable option? 
But what does this mean for Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, George Kittle? Do you think this pretty young thing can be enough of an offensive force to make those players live up to the fantasy relevance that they've had so far? Ah, speaking of relevancy, we're talking about Mr. Irrelevant now having to play in year one of the 49ers. Uh, Like Drew said a a little bit, we didn't really touch on it that much, but briefly, I like it for McCaffrey. I kind of like it for Debo Samuel based off what I think is going to happen, but I don't like it for George Kittle and I don't like it for Brandon Ayuk. So I think while there's a little bit of an uptick for like the short yardage guys, low A dot targets, um, just getting them the ball. Um, I, I don't like it for the overall passing game. I mean, how, how can you? I mean, until you see some type of body of work here from Brock Purdy, like I said, we're talking about the 256th pick playing in, you know, his first little bit of NFL action here. So I just, I, it's hard for me to envision a world where they're really pushing the ball down the field. I'm nervous, but like, I feel like he kind of has some Mike White vibes to him. I don't know, man. Look at this dude. No one besides Mike White has Mike. Not his looks, though, but like in terms of like the way the offense was, he came in and threw 37 times. That's just like so wild to me. Like you have one of the best running backs in football. You go to Mr. Irrelevant and they're like, nah, we're throwing the ball. It shows to me that they're not worried about it at all. If you're going to bring him in and let him throw 37 times, when did Jimmy G go down? First quarter, second quarter? 37 um, times and a half is – Yeah, I don't know. That's a lot. Like, obviously, they're not wor- too worried about it. Completed almost 70% of his passes. Threw the ball downfield. 88 passer rating. Like, if they're not worried about it like, against Miami and they blew them out, who knows? Like, they're going to go out there and they're not going to change anything. And as long as he's not getting hit, I feel like there might not be as much of a change as we thought. I didn't realize he threw that many times. Yeah, 25 for 37. Um, 210 yards, two touchdowns, and interception. And he really didn't have to. Like, that that didn't have to be the way that they played. Yeah. No. No, I agree. And it's especially because it's like the defense played so well, which I didn't expect against Miami. I thought that was going to be a lot tougher of a matchup on that defense. But they, they really showed up. Mm-hmm. I'm going to swipe right. Okay. Cool. I, like I mean, it. it's one of those things. Like, it's completely up in the, in the air. You're talking about less than what, so I don't know when exactly it was that he got hurt. Less than one full game from this kid. Let me see how many times first Jimmy NFL G game. Um, Jimmy had was two for four, 56 yards. Oh, it was oh, early. Okay, so it was early. Right. But that's yeah. still, that's a lot of time to throw. I wouldn't sure. have that. You said he had 25 completions. I'm surprised he threw 25 yeah. times. Like right. The yeah, I would not have expected around. him to throw 37 times. He was f- tied for third technically in attempts. Yeah. I mean, it's Wait. very impressive. If he goes out there and does it again, it's just uh, while I'm shocked that he threw 37 times, I'll be even more shocked to see that type of offense replicated this week. Yeah. yeah. Especially in a winning effort, too. Like, I could see if they were trailing and it was like, all right, like, let him do his thing. But, yeah. like, they won that game pretty handily. Who do they have this week? Um, 49ers, they've got Tampa Bay. Man, people people are real curious about the Seahawks backfield. We got another question here about the Seahawks. I'm really trying not to play either, but I'd probably go Homer. I actually Homer. ranked Homer fairly high this week. Um, really? All right. Yes, well, then. I did. Um, I, 
am a homer, I guess. Um, let me pull up my ranking real quick. Um, he's got the he's got the pass catching chops. I mean, if oh. you're gonna have to play one of them, I, I'd always lean the guy that catches. Yeah, I have pass. Homer as RB fifteen this week. So Where do you rank DJ Dallas? I didn't because D, you picked up DJ Dallas in Dynasty a few hours ago, but Travis Homer's still available. Yeah, but I had Rex Burkhead on my team. I know, but like, why didn't you pick up Homer? Because Hermer was hurt, I didn't think. But if he's gonna play, like I just picked the one who I thought was gonna play, and I didn't feel like scrolling down very far. Okay, I was just thinking maybe something popped in your head when you were doing that. That, yeah, no. Well, Chad mentioned earlier, so Homer was dealing with a knee, but they said he was actually inactive due to an illness. The knee wasn't the reason that he didn't play. Yeah, he was sick. Yeah, so, so to me, I think that Homer point. gets the start. Homer has looking at like the uh, the matchup. Um, I think that it's a top five. Um, yeah, it's the fourth best matchup against Carolina. They're pretty awful in the in the uh, running game. So twenty nine point six points. Um, so obviously, I don't. I'm not going to put him ahead of somebody like uh, like Chubb, Jacobs, Mixon, etc. Um, but I do like him more than say like. Um, like Damian Pierce, I was like an awful matchup this week. So um, I'm running with that there. Um, but yeah, I would say um, I don't think Tony Jones is going to come off the street. Um, I think Homer's going to get the first crack at it. DJ Dallas has a lot more upside from a PPR perspective because they can throw it. But um, I feel like he already has that role. So like they're going to be, it's almost like the Steelers in a sense, where it's like when somebody gets hurt, like they fill in that spot and not necessarily change the rotation. Um, I think that they'll do something similar for um, the Seahawks because they've done that historically in the past too. It's like one guy goes down, it doesn't just slide up. It's just like who fits that role best. Yeah. But cool. Um, I guess back to the question at hand for me, um, I'm going to swipe now on Purdy. I have no faith in this kid. I'd love for him to do well. Don't think it's going to happen. Um I'm old. Is it, because cynical, he, is it because he combs his hair the opposite way that you do? Well, is it that, that or is it because, uh, well, I guess it's not mirrored. So maybe. Maybe I'm just jealous that he's Mr. Relevant and living his best life. And... Mm-hmm. Then you remember uh, forever the first Mr. Relevant to throw a touchdown pass. It's true. And he goes up against like. Like, to go up against Brady, like, in your first start is kind of cool. Um, like, just, like, in terms of, like, perspective of where they were drafted, like, it's kind of surreal. I hope he beats him. Now you bring that up. Then CMC he immediately back. becomes the GOAT, right? CMC is going to run out of bounds one yard before the first down marker and then blow this whole thing up on us. I need to – if I see Purdy break an iPad next week against Tampa Bay, then I will crown him <laughs> as the GOAT. But until then, he's still Mr. Relevant to me. All right, so we got one more profile here. Um, this one's a little bit different than anything I think we've ever seen when we swiped before, but I guess it does happen. Um, so we got a little first year fetish happening here. Um, so <laughs> what we've seen really this year and in the last couple of years, we've seen a pretty big uptick in the ability for rookie wide receivers to contribute immediately, not only to their teams, but to our fantasy squads. Um, so, Maybe this isn't a question for this particular year, but how you're going to attack things going forward. Um, do you think that moving forward from a fantasy perspective next year that you need to have a piece of that first year fetish on your roster? Um, and do you have, how are you feeling about these guys going into the playoffs? You want to start Drew or do you want me to go? You can go. Cause you have something lined this up. My, I, yeah. 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 So, here, so, 
I, I saw something on Twitter that made me want to talk about this on here. Uh, if you go back to the last three years now, you look at 2020 league winners, Justin Jefferson, Brandon Ayuk, CeeDee Lamb, they all came on during the year. Last year, you obviously had Jamar Chase. That was kind of expect, though, when he spent a fifth-round pick. But yeah. Amon Ross St. Brown obviously stepping up uh, and becoming the player that he did. This year, we've seen what Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave have done for a majority of the season, especially when Zach Wilson's not on the field to hinder Garrett Wilson. But how about a guy like Christian Watson, what he's done down the stretch now? What's he got, eight touchdowns already? Yeah, are you uh, swiping and- right on him now, Joe? No. You're still, on, you're still swiping left? No, I'm not going to change. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think that this is a trend that we need to watch just because we always talk about how good these receivers are coming into the lead. And it's been a big topic because it's like, do you want to pay your top receivers or let them walk and just draft a guy because they're so pro ready now? Uh, if I am somebody that's looking at next year's draft class and you got Jordan Addison coming in, obviously didn't had a little bit of a down year at USC, but still super talented. I think that was just a product of injuries um, season that he had. Quentin Johnston as well at TCU is going to be a stud, in my opinion. Even like Jackson Smith and Jigba, who, who might be profile more as like a slot at the NFL level just due to size. Um, and he didn't play much this year either. But these are guys that I'm circling for next year going into dynasty leagues and saying, I want this guy on my team, and even in redraft, because how many of these receivers are actually going to be taken as wide receiver ones and maybe even as wide receiver twos? Um, you know, because like other names that I just mentioned, Jamar Chase, because he went fifth overall, was probably the only one that somebody was drafting and immediately thinking, like, this is my wide receiver two for my fantasy team. Well, it's interesting, too, because Chase, he fell hard, like, not so much yeah. in Dynasty drafts because they ha- those happen yeah. pretty early, but, like, remember last year when it was like, oh, man, like, this guy can't catch a pass? Like, he fell to, like, the eighth or ninth rounds, and then if you got him, it was, like, such a steal. Um, but, yeah, it's it's really weird. Like, if you think about, like, historically, like, how people viewed, like, wide receiver development, it was – Okay, they like the third year breakout. That's when they finally put things together. Like the first year, they kind of do like special teams or they're like the fourth wide receiver on the squad. Second year, they get like a little taste of what's going on. But like year three, like that's when they put all the pieces together. Like these dudes like walk on the field day one and are able to get stuff done. It's it's really amazing. Yeah. Uh, to, to Chad's point, because he just brought up like about fading it hard for next year specifically. Um there's not going to be a perfect storm where such a deep class is also slotting into open number one roles. I will say, like, I, I, I haven't watched a ton of this receiving class yet. I don't love it, but I, I also didn't necessarily love the class that just came in last year either. Like, I had, I really liked Garrett Wilson. I thought he was, like, my number one clear cut, and I didn't think there was another, like, number one receiver on, like, the rest of the way down. I thought they were all number twos and number threes on NFL rosters. So I wasn't even that high on last year's, and, and like I said, looked at the production that we're getting already from these guys. And I think Drake London's been very good too. It's just obviously playing in a really bad passing offense. It's it's hard to tell now. Um, my strategy has always been to attack these first year wide receivers because I, I feel like they just always come on late. I've been doing this since Victor Cruz just came out of nowhere with the Giants years and years and years ago. You are old, Jesus Christ! <laughs> you, you know who Victor Cruz is. You're old. Too. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, Let me go grab a butterscotch candy. I'll be right back. Those are good. Respect butterscotch. Um, there's teams out there that need wide receivers yet. So I'm not too concerned. It's just about how the draft falls. I'm sure there's going to be one or two guys that are going to step in, maybe not right away, but within 
at some point they're going to be fantasy relevant next year and you just have to identify which one's which we were just we were kind of lucky that it was a lot this year do you think there was any like indications to say like oh like i should have taken garrett wilson because of x or like oh i because it's like to me what i think about a lot in this scenario is like which one do you pick like to me, like the logical pick, if I was going to pick a receiver at the beginning of the year that could immediately have fantasy relevance, probably would have been Sky Moore. Traylon Burks, which is the way I right. Read. And I, I think that he's still going to be fine. He just had a very injury plague season. Yeah, I, but from a dynasty perspective, I, I don't really care about that. I'm I chase like pedigree. I just always chase pedigree. Like I went after Garrett Wilson as much as I could. I acquired him in a trade in our one dynasty because he went too early. Um, I always chase pedigree. I even with Elijah Moore there, it just the pedigree is what I always go after. If there if this guy's picked in the top fifteen in the first round, I'm I'm targeting them in fantasy because I just think that they they're picked for a reason. Yeah. Cause I feel like it's one of those things like when you go into the draft, how do you have the self control to say, like, all right, I'm not expecting this guy to do really well off the jump. And when he doesn't Maybe he does. Maybe he hits a home run week one. He goes Jahan Dotson for two TDs. But Burks, like, he didn't really do anything for, what, six, seven weeks and then started coming on. The underlying stats were good. Things have improved and gotten better. But, I mean. You just have to trust you- the process. Like, that's how I've always been. I just, you you know the pedigree. You know the opportunity. It's just that sometimes it takes guys longer to adjust to the NFL level. I've been holding Burks in every league I've had. Um, all year expecting something because I didn't want to give up on him. I didn't want to admit that he was Kyle Pitts for me. Um, and he had some signs. Of course, the injuries have just been so bad. But like even Sky Moore, I've held him in a lot of leagues because I just I don't believe in MVS. Um, I like Juju, obviously. I, I, I just felt like at some point it was going to happen. It doesn't seem like it's going to for him. But these guys like Christian Watson, I held him in a lot of leagues because you know that the opportunity was just there. It was just a matter of time. And he struggled with injuries at the beginning of the year as well. If he doesn't yeah. get hurt, he could have been much bigger by week three or four as Maybe. well. Yeah, I just struggle with it. Like I might actually swipe left on it because I churn through so many players on my roster that it's like, is it worth me holding out like uh, a roster spot for it? Um, and it's like what well, I would almost rather get one of these guys off of waivers or wait for someone to drop them and then go pick it up and just have like more lottery tickets via the draft. I can so um, I just feel like there's always an opportunity to move your just move your bench around with guys going on IR and stuff. If you're not playing with IR slots, it's a different story. But I'll tell you the one receiver that I would have like pounded the table saying they were to be super productive in year one was Alec Pierce. I thought that was a great yeah. landing spot in Indy for him to produce right away. That was just one of those things where like, I, I actually, he was one of the few I dropped and it wasn't because of him. It was just because I knew that Matt Ryan was a statue and it just wasn't going to work. You me. know what receiver I want next year, whatever rookie receiver goes to the Vikings. Cause Adam Thielen is old as hell. And KJ Osborne hasn't looked like he's the he's a replacement. Yeah. And to your point, if uh, about how teams should just, draft instead of paying their guys you can't do that if you're the baltimore ravens yeah what <laughs> what, are, what are your thoughts on this because like i obviously it's early yet for the draft process but what if jordan addison really did play himself to fall near to like the beginning of the second round and we have that bears pick sitting there if he fell to the steelers i i feel like they would pick him but what, what are your thoughts between him and pickens next year in terms of fantasy then because kenny obviously 
he's very familiar with him. Oh yeah, if they take Addison, I mean, are we I, then? What are, out on what? I d- I don't think the Steelers are going to throw enough next year to support both fantasy wide receivers. Like we uh, we're, we're not seeing that with Deontay this year either. I don't think Deontay's going anywhere. Well, not until next after next season when his two year yeah. expires. And Mo- and Fryermuth is warranting to be a top five tight end, and he's going to be taking targets as well. I think Fryermuth is the biggest wild card in the discussion because going into the season, it was like Pickens and Deontay are going to be the top two target getters, which is going to kind of cut Muth out. It's turned into Fryermuth is number one. Pickens, I mean, I don't really know. From a fantasy perspective, it feels like Pickens has done more, but technically Johnson is still leading in targets. So they've kind of just cannibalized each other enough, and the tight end position sucks. Like It's just not a good offense right now, so it's hard to say. Like, I think that's more of the problem than anything. The one thing I will say is that Kenny doesn't make the same mistake twice, so maybe he'll get all these bad throws out and then never throw an incompletion ever again. So, would you, would you go if you had a pick next year and Mm -hmm. Pickens and Jordan Addison are both sitting on the board and Jordan Addison's a Pittsburgh Steeler? Yeah, but like, what round are we talking? Like, round six or like round like 12? I mean, where do you think Pickens is going next? I'd probably slate him around like seven or eight. It's t- it's tough because like, yeah, you can look back at the college familiarity he had with Addison, but he'll also have one year of pro familiarity. Yeah. And obviously if they get together in the off season, Pickens is uh, he was also, he was also, you know, with Kenny not working with the ones throughout training camp and stuff, that was his number one guy through the off season was George Pickens. Um, so I'd probably still slightly lean Pickens over Addison in that case. Yeah. You, his top, you think uh, Pickens' upside in the touchdown department is probably better than Addison's too? Side. I don't know. We still throw fades to Deontay Johnson instead of Pickens, so who knows? And we don't complete them, so. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So getting off the Steelers talk, um, we're going to switch to our next segment of the day. Um, thanks for swiping, boys. I think it was a clean sweep all the way across. We're going to get into Only Fantasy, the only place in fantasy football landscape where we are purchasing one weekly performance um, for a particular player. Um, so we will do this in the way that we always do it. We will review our picks from last week. We will either cheer in celebration for what we've done or we will cry for the accomplishments that we lack. And as tradition always serves, we will start with the one, the only, Drew Hannes. Drew, oh, good I job thought, last I week. thought we were starting with the one that actually did well. <laughs> Let's look at season-long percentages here. This is like my third L. Uh, oh, and, man, you picked and, the person with the best QB matchup to do well. Yeah. He did it. Well, he all – hey, hey <laughs> get out of here. Who you liking this week? Um Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. I'm just going to write in the chat for that. <laughs> just because I picked Justin Fields one time. Yeah. All Did right. you pick him twice in a row? No, I picked no. him once. No, he meant he, he he had been talking about him, and then he finally Which took him. It's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, so last week I took Gumby. Um, unfortunately, well, we're respecting Trevor Lawrence for – somehow not dying through that injury just completely bent up and he's gumby um trevor lawrence 170 yards passing one touchdown only four rushing attempts for 32 yards qb 14 which is a 
stud in two QB leagues, so I'm not too worried about this. Here we go. This week I have DeAndre Swift. Um, Joe took a lot of my points as to why I like him this week. But the main thing for me is I think he's healthy. He played 51% of his snaps in the game, and he was not that high since week one against the Eagles. So they think that he's all the way back. Um, he had eight targets last week, and he had six, I think, the week before that. So he's getting the work in the passing game. Um, I Honestly, they have the second-best matchup, according to Joe's charts this week, against the Vikings. I think Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift are both going to do very well. But for only fantasy, I'm going to say that DeAndre Swift outscores Jamal Williams this week. And Is that what like you're deeming it as successful, like if he beats Jamal Williams? or I'm going to deem it that way just because I – I think that both are going to do well, but if he doesn't beat Jamal Williams, then he he obviously wasn't the correct only fan. Jamal player. Williams, 10 touchdowns. Good, because I bet Lions over the Vikings, which, by the way, they're favored. For they're favored by two points, right? Yeah, that was so weird. It's because the Vikings have, like, the worst defense in football, but somehow they're still winning games. They're, okay, Justin Jefferson. The one thing I want to add to the Swift, and I – I feel like Jamal Williams is going to start to fall off a little bit going down because I, I think that they're spreading the offense out more. You're seeing a lot of work for Amon Ross St. Brown. I think that they're going to be start scoring from farther out and it's going to limit Jamal Williams a little bit if he's not getting the goal line work. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, the, how many home games they have left is the question that I have because they put up so many points at home and then on the road, it's kind of like hit or miss. Yeah. They're at home this week. Exactly. Yeah. I like it. Chad asked, do you think that um, Williams gets to 20 touchdowns? No. And that, no. for the main reason I just pointed out, I, I think that their offense is starting to change a little bit. Amonar St. Brown had two touchdowns last week. Um, I don't think that he's going to have as many opportunities as he has. I'll say 17. What's he at now, 14? Yeah, he mm-hmm. even needs six. So, I mean, no, I don't think at least 14, so – You'd have to have a couple big games. Okay. Currently number one in our only fantasy power rankings. The one, the only, Zachary Smith. This is like a part of my take rankings. Just a weekly thing. It is. <laughs> I'm just injured. And just, the, you're, you're gritty. Me and, the, me and Ben Rock. Fun and, you're fun and gritty. Let the, let the king speak. Uh, last week, went with my guy. Garrett Wilson, the Ohio State University, tied a season high with eight receptions, 162 receiving yards. I mean, imagine if he scored a touchdown. He didn't. 15 targets, though, in this game. Uh, the reason I picked him, I said, get Zach Wilson off the field and get Garrett Wilson the ball. Those are the recipes to success for the Jets offense. They didn't win this football game against the Vikings. They had a shot. Barrios kind of flubbed it. But, Dude, uh, he definitely should have had that. And also, <laughs> Why in that moment of the game were you like, you know who they would totally – like, that was so Matt Canada. Like, all right, we got one shot at the goal line. We're going to throw to Ray Ray McLeod. Like, oh, we got the game on the line. Garrett Wilson has been uncoverable today. It's we have like all these if, other options. Let's throw at the Braxton Barrios. Like, come on, it's, bro. It's like if we have to have one only fantasy of the week and then we let Joe pick the player. <laughs> yeah, that's a mistake. That's why I'm at the power, the bottom of the power bottom rankings. Um. So I figured I got to go wide receiver again, but I, I feel like I got to test my luck, get a little bit more bold here. Um, I'm really high on assuming that 
Trevor Lawrence is able to go on what the Jaguars offense does on Sunday. Now, the easy option here would be go Christian Kirk, who I ranked as like wide receiver 10. However, for this and wanting to go a little bit more bold, I'm going Zay Jones. Um, so I, I broke things down here. Christian Kirk. That's why you went with Zay Jones. What'd you say? You said he, I, I said you already used Christian Kirk in a previous week. That's the reason why you actually went Zay Jones and not Christian Kirk. You had Kirk at 11, by the way. Sorry. All right. I have him at 11. He just, he barely uh, was outside of my top 10. Couldn't sneak in. But I broke this down into quarters. So I looked at the last quarter of the season for the Jaguars. Um, Zay Jones has been the most targeted wide receiver of that time over Christian Kirk. Um, now last week, kind of a dud, just two receptions for 16 yards, but he was targeted seven times in that game. They just couldn't get on the same page. Uh, Trevor Lawrence didn't have a great day. The offense didn't have a great day. They called it embarrassing afterwards, it was but in the previous game, 11 receptions, 145 yards on 14 targets against the Ravens absolutely torched them. What seems to be a historical thing for Zay Jones. If you remember, even with the Raiders, he did that on Monday night football, um, eight receptions, 68 yards on 10 targets. The week prior to that, five receptions, 40 yards on five targets before that. Now, the one thing I will say about him, which gives me some pause here, is he's only scored one touchdown this year on 60 receptions, 80 targets. Um, But I look at their matchup this week. They've given up three 100-yard receivers in the last two weeks, have the Titans, and 22 touchdowns to the position. If he's going to score a touchdown, if Zay Jones is going to score a touchdown again this year, it's going to happen this week, which I think he does get into the end zone, which is why I like him so much. I love it, man. The, the picture that I, it really does not do is hair justice. I dropped. I know. It's so good. Like he's bald. I dropped yeah. him because of that picture. It's just terrible. <laughs> he's got a. He's got some sweet hair. If you if you ever get a chance, you gotta check it out. All right. So I'm notoriously known to be the worst at this. So uh, sorry in advance for who I pick. Um, last week I selected the belly button king himself, George Kittle. Finished this. Tight end number 29, uh, which is surprising hearing that um, uh, Brock Purdy threw the ball 37 times. I kind of figured that, oh, like Jimmy G got hurt and they just didn't throw the ball anymore. Like, no, like Kittle did nothing. Uh, Two receptions, 22 yards, finished with 4.2 fantasy points on the day. Um, That's pretty much par for the course for when I pick someone. So that's cool. Um, Turning the page. Um, I am going with uh, somebody that I've picked early in the season. So liked it so much. Uh, Diving back into it, but going with uh, the hometown king, Jared Goff. Um, so, dude's a beast at home. Um, his home splits this year, he's averaging nearly 36 attempts per game, 270 yards, 2.4 touchdown passes. Um, some of his best performances have come at home this season, and I think the matchup they have against the Vikings is really all the making of a shootout. Um, I'd be very shocked if there wasn't a lot of Vikings and Lions players in Drew's DFS matchup this week. Um, but, yeah, the Vikings matchup is bad. Um, defensively, um, Detroit's not looking so good either, so I think it's going to be a really entertaining game to watch. Um, and I think Jared Goff is going to have himself a week, so we'll see if he can get overcome the two touchdown passes um, that he normally gets in a game. Maybe we can get another four-burger from him, so see what we can do. Future Indianapolis Colt. Ooh. Yeah, I could see it. Well, they – Gotta go, yeah, because they usually go old guy, young guy, old guy, young guy. They just have the old guys, so they gotta go him and then like however old Kirk Cousins is gonna be after that. (laughs) All right, I don't know. 
You, I mean, they have to draft. Well, I guess no. This is now that they've gone on this win streak. Like they draft a quarterback, right? Bryce Young with JMO next year is just gonna be nuts. No, they're too far, dude. They've won like five in a row. They have, the Rams, pick. They have the Rams pick, which is gonna oh, be two three. Oh shit! You're right. I saw you know a crazy mock that I saw, which is terrible that we're looking at those right now. But somebody had them drafting Will Anderson, and so like, can you that. imagine that? Like with the edges, like just going like yeah. Hutchinson, and then like that'd be nasty. I saw a mock that has Bijan Robinson going to the Baltimore Ravens, which is not very something I like. It makes sense, but I hate it. I mean, right. the best quarterback that's coming out in the next couple of years isn't isn't coming out next year. So yeah, I cannot wait for him. Can't wait for him to be a Steeler. He's gonna win the Heisman. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. All Max right, Duggan. Huh? DFS I said Max Duggan. You're not talking about Arch Manning. <laughs> that's a future stealer. I like how we never actually said Caleb Williams' name, by the way. We yeah, just people should just know. <laughs> yeah, kept just going it. I wrote it on my fingernails, actually. You just had to be <laughs> the Kenny Pickett effect, though. Is that oh, I wanted to big year with him, but like a down year with freaking Caleb Williams. Before we do DFS, real quick, I wanted to bring up we always talk about how bad tight end position is, but like last week was like. What seven tight ends even have double digits? I mean, where was my guy last week? And they're like there all guys nine. that aren't even rostered. Like, yeah, top five was Otten, Dulcich, Fant, Engram, Taysom Hill, Cole Komet mm-hmm. was six, Gerald Everett, uh, Conquo, Friar Muth, Andrews, Connor Hayward Conquo. was uh, 11th last week. <laughs> one catch for one touchdown. <laughs> yeah, Brevin Jordan was 12, McCole Pruitt. Like, yeah, this is just like... It's a joke. The position I'm glad, because I always like to go back and look at my rankings. I'm glad I didn't do that for tight ends last week, because this is tough. DFS is going to be pretty quick, by the way, because we talked about so many Good. of my guys this week. Hey, Joe and I are pulling double duty, so... Yeah. Yeah. Enjoy your booty, of... Drew. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to watch the Polar Express. <laughs> going to be great. With some hot chocolate. Why would you say that on live television? Because that's what I'm doing. Like, do you? Uh, do I have to pull up the thing for DFS? No, nah, it's okay. I mean, it doesn't matter. It takes me like one second. I just didn't know if you were because yeah, last week we didn't use it. Yeah, that's fine. Are you a hot chocolate with water or a hot chocolate with milk guy? What's wrong with you, milky sicko? I. Do, are you assuming? Yes. I like water. I hate with a mf assumption. You don't know that meme? I just no. need to get on with we... your... Uh... Yeah, let's off. go. All right, so real quick, DFS. Joe was right. I really went after that Lions-Vikings matchup. I was going to go with Jared Goff, and then when I found out that he was picking him for only fantasy, I went to Kirk Cousins at 6,100. <laughs> <laughs> Fading. The ultimate fade. But yeah, that's exactly I get it, though. I, I do get it. He has the second-best matchup. For wide receivers with Justin Jefferson, Justin Jefferson's just going to go off and just score Kirk Cousins points. So, Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson stack. For Justin Jefferson, I just wrote for my reason, duh, because he's just insane. Yeah. Running backs went with DeAndre Swift, and then I went with Deontay Foreman, which he did not practice today with a foot injury, but he is expected to play. I like his matchup, obviously, against Seattle. They've given up the most, according to Joe's chart. 
Our and then, charts. yeah, but you're the master of the chart. You created it. I am the Excel grunt worker guy. Yeah. And then I went with Garrett Wilson. How are you going to argue with 15 targets? He's going to get in the end zone this week, and he's yep. just pop. You can't argue with that. And then my third wide receiver, some new information during the show, but I still i am hoping he plays. I went with Nico Collins. And the reason I went with Nico Collins isn't anything to do with matchup. I'm, it's, does he have a good matchup based on your chart? Um, no. Dallas yeah. is a little bit tougher. Yeah, not even worried about it because he had 10 targets last week in garbage time, and garbage time didn't really hit till like the third quarter. I think garbage time is going to be the first five minutes of this game because of the way yeah, he's playing right now. The Browns' offense was horrible last yeah. week. Yeah, I Watson thought we had, did not look good, by the yeah. way. I, feel I like thought we, we had something with the that, Texans' but... defense. We were just wrong about which defense. They just didn't score us, but we were, we were there. They were playing well. They played up, but it just didn't work out through the whole game. But Nico Collins had 10 targets and essentially all of them came in the third and fourth quarter. If he's if we expect that the whole game, I wouldn't be shocked if he's near Garrett Wilson wise in targets. Are you nervous about Davis Mills coming back? Do you think that impacts that target share at all? Yeah, I'm more worried if Brandon Cooks plays this week, though. I'm hoping that he is out again because I think that's the main thing there. Um I just they're gonna be down so much. They're just gonna be thrown. I wouldn't be shocked if Davis Mills drops back three straight times because they're not gonna be able to do anything else um the 31 Cowboys, points in the fourth quarter last week by the cowboys was just sickening. Yeah. yeah and i just expect that the whole game i wouldn't be shocked if dak plays one drive in the third quarter at that point because they're just going to destroy him so if he if he has that much garbage time i'm hoping he gets 10 to 15 targets hopefully he finds the end zone with a garbage time touchdown if they sit a bunch of guys on the defense um you can't argue with garbage time there's still fantasy points and then i'm going to skip tight end for now I went with Tony Pollard in my flex because I think that his price point is 6,700. is pretty solid. And the matchup looks bad the last few weeks against Houston, but I think that that's more about who they face, not about them as a defense. Like they were getting absolutely decimated all year. I, I essentially went to them and whoever they were facing, they were in my DFS lineup every week the entire season. And majority of the week, they were scoring. Those running backs are scoring at least 20 points. So I like Tony Pollard. I went with him over Zeke. He's a little more expensive, but he just looks more explosive. And he's the guy I'd prefer to have in my lineup. I think he's most likely to break a big one than Zeke. And then I went with the Cowboys defense. Self-explanatory. Like, I don't – the Texans might not score. I wouldn't be shocked if they end up with, like, five to ten sacks. And and I'm – I know that's a high number, but like, let's be realistic here. Like, Parsons is just gonna ravage that offensive line. So, I feel safe with them at 3,800. And then at tight end, I did go with Chigo, a quote, a Coke Quan, a Coke Quo. I struggle with his name. I've been trying all that. Yeah, you, 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 so, you had it so good earlier. Yeah. You just completely ruined it. <laughs> um, so, Chigo, a couple of things that we missed earlier when I want to talk about. When Traylon Burks went out, his snap share shot up, shot up. He played almost 70% of the snaps from that moment on, and he was running a routes on 67% of those snaps. He was the guy that they were looking for in that offense. I think that he's a physical freak. He had – I think he had um, it's like four for 78, and he has six targets leading the team, and he has the number one or number two matchup against tight ends this week against the Jags. 
So I like him. I expect him to get in the end zone, which he has not done yet this year, and uh, hit for us in, in our DFS lineups. I love it. I love it more. <laughs> I do want to say real quick, what, is, is Chad trying to deter the Nico Collins train right now? Now he's throwing out Mills' back and – yeah. Different. Listen, you could tell me that the Texans aren't playing another football game this year, and I'm still going to love Nico Collins going forward. I'm all about game script with them. Yeah. So on the like, reverse side of that, do you not like Damian Pierce anymore? I do not like Damian Pierce. Not right now, at least. I'm hoping that I maybe. I can't believe those words just came out of your mouth. I know. I'm I, that, I hope they fix it up for next year, but I'm not. I don't feel comfortable starting him. Yeah. He's touchdown dependent and. The odds of him getting in the red zone is slim, so. Hate to see it. I trade him for Rashad White, though, so let's keep looking back at that. So, yeah. You're welcome. Did I make the trade after you said this stuff? Well, you, you texted me and asked me how I felt about it. Did I? Didn't yeah. text me. I did, I'm actually. It was in the group chat. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's you mute my notifications. Chat, Chad, no, that's the only great guys. chat. I mean, that's not muted. Have a great holiday. Uh, Chad, you better be back in here before Christmas. What are we yeah, talking we about? Yeah, football doesn't get canceled. <laughs> I have, I'm gonna be wearing my Grinch onesie again, so you're not gonna, yeah, you're not gonna want to miss the episode, like, right? Yeah, for rocking around the 412, my Grinch, you might want to miss it. I Please. might miss it. Um, you snaps that, that is a great segue because that is how we're going to close out the episode. Talk about the GoFundMe's that you guys will see uh, linked in the description of the show wherever you guys are watching or listening to this. Uh, we have rocking around the 412 year five going on. Um, we raised over $24,000 with this mission since we started it in 2018. The mission being to provide Christmas in its entirety to as many families as possible in the 724 and 412 areas. Uh, last year alone, we were able to provide Christmas for 30 children across 13 different families in its entirety. Um, after we did the kids their gifts, we also did a $100 gift card for a local grocery store to be able to provide some groceries to cook that holiday meal. Really just give the entire Christmas experience to families that deserve it and might otherwise not be able to do so. Tyler and I, my host, uh, my co-host for Around the 412, the regular show, not the fantasy show. Um, we've always been very fortunate to, to know where Christmas was coming from and not have to worry about having gifts to open on Christmas. And the mission was started with that in mind and just wanting everybody to experience what we've been able to experience our entire lives. So. We're very thankful for that, and we're very thankful to everybody that's contributed to this cause. Uh, we're very thankful for for Drew and Joe for for stepping in and jumping up and and doing all these things with us now as well and being part of it. Um, along with that, uh, one of the recipients for Rock Around the Four One Two is Isla Keen, a two year old who lost her father tragically at the beginning of October. And obviously, there's a ton of burden that comes with that, and the financial burden is is the only thing that, unfortunately, we are able to help out with. So that's what we have a mission to do. It's raised over $33,000 since it was started. Um, it's going to be open for a while, so you guys can keep contributing to that whenever you feel the, the desire to do so. But uh, Isla, his two-year-old daughter that he left behind, is going to be somebody that we take care of this Christmas. Um, but that GoFundMe will be linked as well right under Rockin' Around the 412. Um, still a couple of weeks left to go in that as well. Like Isla's is going to stay open for as long as I know there hasn't been like a, a set date that they're going to end that it can just stay open, uh, with rock around the four, one, two, the cutoff date, hard cutoff date at the latest will have to be December 17th. Um, 
just because I need to know exactly how much we've raised and make sure I get gifts in time to be able to wrap them and get them to the families. So I wish I could take it literally till midnight on Christmas Day, but can't do that. So get involved, share it, read the mission. If you're able to donate, please do so. Um, if you're watching this, you can head over and watch the newest episode of Around the 412 because Joe's going to be with Tyler and I on there as well. So, But other than that, until next week, we wish you guys the best of luck. If you need to win this week to get in the playoffs, get after it. Good luck. Don't play and, it. Uh, and we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>